New Horizon has been serving the church in Northern Ireland since 1989, and we're delighted to bring you this talk today. We trust you will be blessed through this ministry. Great, thank you, Chris. And yeah, I just want to say a very warm welcome to you all. Um, just out of interest, could you raise your hand if you're going to be a student soon or are currently a student? Cool, great, that's good to know. And the rest of you, what are you doing? Do you work with students? Yes, cool, well I know that you guys do anyway. Cool, well, that's just helpful to know um, as we look together at this question. Well, it's not really a question, it's more of a statement, isn't it? Freshers to finals, mission. So I thought it'd be good for us to begin by having a think. Uh, together. So I want to ask, what comes to mind when you hear the word mission? So if you want to maybe twos or threes, have a discussion together. Like when you hear that word mission, what instantly do you think about? Cool. I can see that some of you are still chatting, but I can see that others have stopped chatting. So Let's come back together. Um, would you mind just sharing out a bit of what did you think? When you think mission, what do you think? Sorry, could you repeat that? A new adventure ahead. Sorry. A new adventure ahead. A new adventure ahead, brilliant, sorry. <laughs> Great, anything else? Big tents. Cool, well, that's interesting. Mission happens in big tents. There we go. <laughs> Quotes from Wally. Uh, what else? Okay, objective that is leading to somewhere. Anything else when you think mission? Active thing? Brill? Cool. Well, when I was thinking about this and preparing, I was like, oh, you know, it'd be good to go back to basis. Oh, I'm not supposed to go near there, sorry. Back to basis. And as a millennial, uh, what I do when I need to do that is I go to Google and I ask Google, what is things and how do you define uh, things? So I asked Google, how would you define mission? Um, obviously, I didn't actually ask, I typed it in, but anyway, there we go. So, Google says, mission is an important assignment given to a person or a group of people. So, there we go, an important assignment. And mission, you know, if I think, like, if you just get to hear the word mission, I instantly think, like, Tom Cruise, like, Mission Impossible. And that kind of goes, doesn't it? An important assignment. I don't know if I actually have ever watched a whole Mission Impossible, but I'm assuming it's to save something. Or like Marvel, and like, you know, their mission is to save the world because an alien is coming, or whatever. So it's an important assignment. But I think when we think about mission, and we think about this important assignment, well, we need to know, you know, who has given this assignment and, of course, what it is. So to think about who has given, then, we need to think of the word commission. So I went back to Google and I asked again, what is commission? And Google said to send or officially charge someone or some group to do something. 
So if we kind of move away then from just like general mission, commission, and if we come to our mission um, that we're talking about, we need to come to the one who commissioned, don't we, to find out what the mission really is. So if you have Bibles, uh, we're going to look now, uh, shock horror, the Great Commission, uh, obviously. Uh, so if you want, I, I have it on the screen as well here. So we're going to read now Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20. I'll give you time to flick, 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 flick. Great, so Matthew 28, 18 to 20. And Jesus came and he said to them, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I love this a lot. Um, and I probably could say it off by heart, but I'd probably say it's wrong a little. But this is the commission that Jesus gave just before he ascended into heaven. He said this to his disciples and then it's for us today as well, to go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. So you said the new mission is an active thing. So of course, Jesus says go, so we must go and make disciples of all the nations. So to think about this, and this is good news that we need to take with this, and we need to think about the contents of what we're going with and what we're sharing. Oh, sorry. There we go, I highlighted that. So the content of our mission is Jesus. That's what we're going out and taking with us, isn't it? That could be in a big tent, but it's not really about the tent, it's more about what we're sharing in the tent. So let's think about Jesus. What is this content that we want to share about him? So we say gospel, don't we? That means good news. So the good news about Jesus, what is the good news about him? You know, if you ask people on the streets, I don't know about here in Coleraine, but say in Galway, I would ask people, you know, who is Jesus? What's good to know about him? They'd be like, oh, he's a good guy. Uh, I think he might have been a socialist, or they might say, I think he was the, the OG hippie, you know, back in the first century. But is that really, you know, what we need to know about Jesus? Not really. That's not the content that is, tr well, you know, he did live in the first century, but I don't know about the hippie bit. Or, but what we need to know about him is who he is and why there is good news about him. So Jesus is the promised one from the very beginning, isn't he? And, you know, we, we know how it began God created the world and it was good. Then God created humans and it was very good. But then, Adam and Eve, they turned away from God. And then sin came into the world and death came into the world and the world was broken and we are broken in tearing. But at the very beginning, God 
promised that there is hope. And then through the Old Testament, we hear it again and again about this hope being prophesied. And then over 2,000 years ago, born in Bethlehem, Jesus came, our hope. And Jesus, you know, people on the streets would say probably good man. Yes, Jesus is a good man. Jesus is the only good man that's ever lived truly perfectly good but at the same time Jesus is the God man you know the word became flesh and dwelt among us and it's so exciting and we see you know when we read the historical accounts about Jesus Matthew Mark Luke and John we see Jesus there and what he did how he interacted with people how he healed people how he taught and then of course we see Jesus keep going, don't we? I think it's in John's, isn't it? When, do you remember in the wedding in Cana, Jesus um, is there and his mother is like, oh, sort it out, they've run out of wine. And he's like, woman, my hour has not yet come. Well, what's that about? Well, the hour came, didn't it? In Calvary, on, on that hill, and, and Jesus went to the cross and he died for our sins. And he said, he declared on the cross, it is finished. And three days later, he rose again, defeated death, declaring, I've defeated it. I dealt with your sin. If you trust in me, if you believe in me, you will have eternal life. You will have life. So this is the content of our message, is Jesus is the hope that we need. And in him, there is life to be had. Your sin is dealt with. Jesus has taken away the barrier in between us and God. He put himself there in the place. I don't know, you might have seen, uh, I didn't put the picture up, I should have. But I remember growing up and going to Steph and they would try and explain the gospel. And what you'd have is like a cliff on one side and on the top of the cliff it would be us. There was a drop. And then on the other side there's another cliff and God is on that side. But there's a drop showing God is holy and we're not because we're sinful. But then what they do, go to the next slide and the cross fills the gap saying Jesus in his sacrifice for us as he paid the wages of our sin, we could be forgiven so that we could be reconciled with God. Because it's not a tick in a box thing, is it? Like, oh, you're forgiven, so you don't have to die, and you get to go to heaven. You know, sometimes we think that's the good news. But actually, there's more. We get to know God. Because, you know, at the very beginning, if we rewind again to Genesis, that's what we were made to be. We were made to be in relationship with God. And that's what Jesus did. He puts himself, he dealt with us in so that we could be in relationship with God again. And that we know as we die, we'll be with him in glory forever. So that's good news, isn't it? Do you think that's exciting? I do. I really do think it's exciting. And if you think, well, this is our mission as Christians, is to go out and share this good news. Well, that's pretty good, isn't it? It's quite exciting. Um, but sometimes we struggle to go, don't we? And you know, Paul encourages us here in 
his letter to the Romans to go. And he says, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Paul here is having to encourage us to go, isn't it? But, but in the going, you know, it's beautiful. It's a great thing to do. Your feet will be beautiful. I'm looking at Wallace's feet here. Don't know if you'd say they're beautiful, but, but it's beautiful because the feet take you and you go. But I thought we'd just have a little bit of a break now and, and go back and chat together and think, okay, the good news is exciting, it's beautiful, it's life-giving news, but what keeps us from going? You know, that's what Jesus says, go. But what are the barriers we face that stop us from taking that step and going? And they might be internal and external. So if you want to take a few minutes to just discuss that together. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Um, so I see some of the conversations are teetering out, although Chris nearly began another one. Um, but he gave me permission to continue, so that's good. So would you be willing to share um, what, what are those barriers, internal or external, for you? Embarrassment, yeah. Why do you think, it, what, what's embarrassing about it? Yeah, they reject you. Yeah, I think as Christians, we're, we're gonna be rejected a lot, which should help us, you know, with relationships and being dumped to some extent, you know. But rejected by sharing the gospel, that prepares you, you know, handy. Um, but no, but, but that is, it is embarrassing, isn't it? Um, what else? What people can think of you. Yeah, our reputation. Yeah, and popularity as well. Same way, if, if we're saying, I'm going to go this way, and you go that way. I come from, oh, I'll, I'll probably say this like five times again, I come from Wales, just in case you didn't know. And uh, I come from quite a small community, because it's a Welsh-speaking community. So that means everybody knows each other. And if you go differently, you really stand out, and everybody else is going that way. And then you feel like, oh, you're not in the popular crowd anymore, um, and, and you're not doing the same thing, so you don't match. And that can be hard, and I found that really difficult growing up. What else? The fear of uncomfortableness. Yes, that is a big one, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you talk yourself out of it. You, you create scenarios of how is this going to go, and you go to the worst case scenario. 
they think I'm weird and they say no. And in a way, in that, possibly, we say no for them without giving the opportunity, don't we? Anything else before we move on? Mm, yeah, inadequacy, feeling of not being able to answer the questions. And yes, I think that can be with, you know, being, say, if you're speaking to a very intellectual person, like, say, science. I remember uh, um, at home, and we were doing, like, teas and coffees, and we were kind of trying to speak to people uh, about Jesus. And this guy came, and he was, like, a physics PhD. And I have no interest in science, to be honest with you, and also I'm not good at it. So those two together really narrowed our conversation. And I felt like, you know so much more than me. Um, and, and that can be hard sometimes, and you feel like, oh, am I, in a way, Am I letting God down in this conversation that I'm not able to give the answers necessary? Great. Well, we'll move on now, hopefully, to be a bit more positive and encouraging. Um, and I want to share with you um, about a woman in our church in Galway. She's called Chancel, and she's an absolute powerhouse, and she's so cool. And she recently came to faith. Um, I think I'm just on her own by like looking into things online. And then she's joined our church and she's been such a blessing to us. Um, even though she says some crazy things at times, on the whole, she's just brilliant. And we had a, um, a Bible study the other week. We'd, we'd gone through the Beatitudes and then we'd reached uh, Salt and Light. So I'll just read this passage out to you. So this is what we were looking at together and discussing. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So we read this together and we were chatting away and <laughs> the conversation kind of developed because Chancel, she's only just become a Christian and you know her life before is quite different to how it is now and she's quite scared of you know going backwards and just behaving like the world behaves and she didn't want that and um just talking about being in the workplace and how how people were acting and she was worried that she was just going to become like them and not be like christ but what she said really stuck with me and eli and i were just smiling like oh yes and she said, you know, I just need to be myself in Christ. And I was like, yes, amen. Yes, that's what you need to do. You need to be yourself. And as Christians, that means we are ourselves in Christ. So we're not, you know, on a, you know, just ourselves trying to do things, but we do it in him. Because on our own, we're, we're a bit hopeless, aren't we? And, and we need Jesus. We need his righteousness. We need his grace and his heart. Um, so, this is be yourself in Christ. And, but that means being ourself in Christ, well, we, we can't hide away. 
because that's not what Christ did. You know, Christ, Christ came down um, to be with us. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And so he sends us as well. So I thought we would read these verses together now. So it's John 17, verses 14 to 18. I've given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. So our conversation kind of traveled towards that of being in the world, but not of the world. That we need to be ourselves in Christ, but not hidden away. Not like, I think Jesus' example there is so good. You don't light, but don't, you don't put a light up and then cover the lights. That's pointless, then you can't see. So in the same way, like we're not, it doesn't leave us here to, to hide away, but to show what he has done in us and to, for us to, be, be willing to show Jesus in us. So we need to be ourselves in Christ. So what does that entail then? How do we be ourselves in Christ? What, what is different in us from when we weren't in Christ? The old has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. We're a new creation in Christ. Well, that means we, we have peace, though. We have peace in this world because we know we're safe in, in him. We know that he is our stronghold, our refuge, our everything. We know where we're going. And we know in all things that we are not alone. And if we go back to the Great Commission, Jesus says this to us quite clearly, doesn't he? You know, we're to be ourselves in Christ. And that means that, behold, Jesus says, I am with you always to the end of the age. So we have this peace and certainty. You know, when we, when we step and maybe, you know, open up a conversation and we feel inadequate, we feel our intellect, you know, it's a bit wanting. But we know that we go in Christ. He is with this and he said, behold, I am with you always until the very end of the age. So encouraging, isn't it? And in that then, if, if God is with us, we can be confident, can't we? Not in ourselves. Dear me, that would be silly. No, to be confident in him, in his ability. So we can boast about God, can't we? You know, it's not, you know, I think I said in my little description, sharing Jesus is not rocket science. I was worried that was a bit too um, on the nose or aggressive to some degree that you'd feel guilty. That's not what I mean. You know, it's just be yourself. So, say, you're, you're with your friends and a normal conversation probably in the middle of the week is, oh, did you do something nice on the weekend? Or are you going to do something nice on the weekend? Well, for me, what I really enjoy about the weekend is I get to go to church and I get to be with my church family and I get to sing with them. 
I get to study God's word with him and discuss with him. And I really enjoy, we have a Bible study um, for our evening meeting and I love it. And it's brilliant. And it's great because we're not, not all like each other at all. Like if you came to our church, you'd be like, dear me, what an eclectic group of people. And you'd be right. But I love it. Because it shows everyone is welcome. And we become friends. And we wouldn't have become friends otherwise, but we're friends because we know Jesus. And it's lovely. And we get to talk about him together. And we get to dwell on God's love for us. And how kind God is. And how gentle he is. And how God chases after us. And how we can be secure in him. And so many things, so many things we get to discuss. And it's great. So, you know, when somebody was asked, you know, what do you do on the weekend? Oh, I went to church. And you could finish it there. But you could also say, and I found it really encouraging. I really enjoyed it. And I spoke to this person about this, or just was thinking about, you know, obviously I believe in God. And I know you know that. And we were just thinking about how God loves us. And that, that, really, that really calmed me. And I was really worried before. And just to be reminded of that, it was good. No? Is that hard? Yes, and to some degree, isn't it? It is hard because you're worried it's going to make them uncomfortable. But surely, I think that cost is worth it, isn't it? You know, there's a Welsh hymnist called Anne Griffiths. You won't know her because you don't speak Welsh. That's very sad for you. Um, but I studied her hymns for my dissertation and a line in his hymns says this. I'll have to say it in Welsh so you can hear how nice it sounds. Cyfri'r gost a'i chyfri'n goron. Which means I count the cost and I count it a crown. So whatever it costs us to share Jesus, oh dear me, it is worth it. Even if it's an uncomfortable conversation where you're shut down and you feel a bit awkward afterwards, who knows? Even, even if they're aggressive towards you, you don't know what's going to happen after that. God has told us to go out and, and share Jesus, so we should. We should obey him. So, but we don't know what's going to happen. I remember, so a friend of mine, obviously from Wales, um, he was in the big festival that I really like to go to. And he was in, it's not, it's not a Christian festival, so a lot of drinking, and he was in the young people's place, and um, we, we used to do a Christian outreach there um, in the young people's kind of gigs place. And he was there, and he was with his friend, and then there was this missionary from America who'd come, and he, he had learned Welsh, fair play to him, to try and share the gospel with Welsh-speaking people. And he was speaking to these two guys, and one was quite open to Jesus, and the other was studying physics in Swansea and was not interested. And then the missionary from Texas walked away being like, well, I think this guy was quite open to the other one. <laughs> the other one now is an elder in a church in Swansea and is running after the Lord and is sharing Jesus with people in that area. So we don't know, don't we, what's going on in people's hearts, what, what God is doing. But that's not our business, in a way. You know, the heart business. Because that's God's business. We're called to go and we're called to share. 
And he's going to do the work, opening up their hearts, opening up their eyes to see him. Um, I don't know, you, you might be aware of this story, but I love the story when Jesus is on the road to Emmaus. Do you remember that story? Yeah, Chris is not thinking about it, that's good. So Jesus is on the road to Emmaus, after he's resurrected, and um, Cleopas and his friend are, are walking along, and they're really sad because Jesus has died, and they're gutted, and they're like, oh, I think I thought he was great, prophet. Anyway, Jesus <laughs> comes in, doesn't he? And uh, he walks with them, he's like, oh, what are you talking about? Um, and they're like, well, Blink Greg, have you not heard what has happened in Jerusalem? I was like, oh, no, what has happened? Anyway, they, they say to him, you know, and they say, oh, well, we thought about Jesus and everything. And Jesus is like, well, did you not understand what the prophets were saying? You know, that the Messiah had to suffer. Anyway, after that, he goes on and he explains, you know, all the prophets and everything and, and what was needed. And even after explaining, they don't see Jesus. Until he breaks the bread and God opened their eyes. So I'm not saying Jesus is not capable to open people's eyes. Please don't tell New Horizons that I've been heretical. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it's God's timing. So we're to share, and you might be very intellectual, and you might be very persuasive, but that's not going to be enough, really. The Holy Spirit has to open people's hearts. So I think that can give us great confidence as we go out, hopefully, that the responsibility is not on our shoulders. Okay, oh, sorry, I got distracted now in what I was saying. Got excited thinking about it. Cool, let's move on to the next bit. So being ourselves in Christ, in community. God has called this not to be on our own, not even on our own with God, but to be part of his family of believers. So it's really encouraging to know that we can share Jesus with, a, you know, with somebody else who knows Jesus. You know, I, I used to live um, going out with my brother um, back home in Wales, and, and we'd go, I don't know if you would do this here. I know you like to go for coffee and ice cream at night. We'd go to pubs, personally. So we'd go out to the local pub, and yeah, we'd want to speak to people, and I'd love going with Morgan because we could bounce off each other. Uh, we could chat away and share, and, and it was brilliant. And uh, I miss it. You know, we don't live in the same place anymore. But I have a husband now, so he can do it. Anyway, so <laughs> that's encouraging, isn't it? You know, to when you feel embarrassed or when you're worried that you're going to mess something up, there's somebody there with you to help out. Um, so that's one part. And thinking, you know, more than just, you know, going just with a friend or whoever. We're also part of a church, aren't we? Um, you know, in your local church, you can invite someone to come to church. I think we're very afraid of that, aren't we? Inviting people into church. We think maybe they're going to find it weird. Um, I don't know what kind of churches you're from, you know. If you have a hymn sandwich um, and you need to know when to stand up. I've joined an RP church in Galway and they sometimes stand to pray and sometimes they don't stand to pray. And sometimes I stand up and they don't stand up. And you feel a bit silly. So sometimes we can think of all these reasons why somebody wouldn't be comfortable to go to church. And it's like, 
då, då you're not ready yet, you know, and we say no for them. But actually, you know, why, why do you make it such a big deal? You know, if you watch a TV series on Netflix and you think, well, that was really good, you know, you go, have you seen that? I think you'd like that. Here we go. That wasn't hard, was it? Why don't we do that with church? We enjoy church so much, I hope. Why don't we invite people to say, oh, give it a go, you might like it. I really found it great. It's up to them, isn't it? You can't force them to come kicking and screaming, but you can offer them the opportunity. And even if they say no at that time, they might have been busy, or they might be nervous. So you should ask again a few times, because I'm quite a confidence person, but I'd be nervous to go somewhere on my own and not know what it was. But if somebody really asked me a few times, you feel like, oh, he really wants me to be there. Okay, I'll come then. Yeah? So that's helpful, isn't it? And then you who are students here, um, maybe you're part of the Christian Union in your university, or maybe you're looking at university and hopefully you're thinking, oh, maybe I should be a part of the Christian Union. Christian Union is a great, well, I know I work with Christian Union, so of course I'm gonna say Christian Unions are good, but there is a reason that I'm still working with Christian Unions. Like I was part of Christian Union uh, in Wales, and then I worked with Christian Unions in Wales for five years, and now I've come to Ireland to work with Christian Unions, because I think it's just quite exciting stuff. Because the whole point, you know, of a Christian Union, the, the vision statement is to give every, oh, sorry, oh, said it wrong, not either to give every student on campus an opportunity to hear and respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not to convert every student on campus, but to give them the opportunity to hear and respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's a great vision. So a Christian union exists to do that. So it's not really a Christian club to just hang out and be like, I'm a Christian, you're a Christian, and this is really nice, and people aren't Christians outside, but we're nice, and this is our safe space here. Though, like, it's an inviting, it's an open-door policy, but also you step out of the door to reach people and to give them the opportunity to hear and respond to Jesus. And, um, well, I'll say this first. So I was speaking to a student last year, and she said something bizarre to me, that she has Christian friends, and then she has her friends who are Christians, and I shouldn't mix those groups. No, 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 that's bad. And I was like, what are you talking about? That's ridiculous. I wasn't very smooth um, in my answer, and maybe I should have been, but anyway, that's another thing. But no, that, that is nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Yes, you should mix your friend groups so that people can see how Christians are with each other. Because you know, that's, uh, speaking to people who've come to faith, that's what they say often is, oh, I saw these Christians and they were so nice with each other and they were so welcoming. They just had this peace in them. And I, I liked being there. You know, I, I liked going to the Christian Union. I liked being at church. And then, started to think, why? You know, why are they like this? And then that brings them to the source, to Jesus. 
And then they get to see the why that we can be like this. So that's exciting, isn't it? Really exciting. Um, so I think of a guy who recently came to the Christian Union down in Galway, and oh, we went for um, coffee, and I was chatting to him, and I was like, why did you come to the Christian Union? And he was like, well, I was just looking for community. It's just a really nice place to be. And then I started looking into things, and now he's like full-blown looking into things. I don't know you know, where he's at, but that's cool, isn't it? That's brilliant. That's what we can do by being ourselves in Christ, in community. It's going to have an effect. Great. Next thing. So, next, being ourselves in Christ, we must think about his heart and how he sees the people around us. Because, you know, we can so often think about ourselves and be quite self-involved if we're honest. You know, our responses to what's really stopping us, and this is true for me as well, I'm not judging you, like from engaging with people about Jesus, is are you feeling comfortable? I don't really want to. Like I remember being on a plane um, a few months ago. I was sat by someone and I was like, I don't really want to talk to you right now. I'd like to watch this um, TV series I've downloaded on my phone. But then I felt guilty as I continued to think about it and I was like, maybe I should talk to them. And I had an opportunity to talk about faith. But I felt really selfish and I didn't want to, but I knew this was an opportunity because we were stuck together and they had nowhere to go. And of course, if they didn't want to talk, that'd be okay. But if you try and open up the conversation, who knows where it's going to go? So... Anyway, sorry, I got sidetracked a bit there. Anyway, so his heart. We need to stop thinking about us. And we need to turn, turn to the Lord, look to him, and look at his heart and how he views people. You know, we're, we're called to love the Lord our God with all our mind and body and soul. Is that right? Have I messed that up? You know what I'm trying to say, right? And then we're called to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And we do love ourselves. Are we selfish? Yes, we are. Very selfish. But we're called to love people as God does. And look at people and and see. I really enjoyed, like, what's his name? Ben Stewart. When he was talking about that little girl that was quite mean to him. And, you know, he he didn't love her, but ask God to help him to love and I was like yes that's what we need we need to ask more God will you help me see people as you do will you help me see that they're broken that they're lonely that they need you I think that's probably one of the big steps or the big barriers we need to get over we need to get over ourselves don't we is stop being selfish no, I'm speaking to myself here as well because I am also very selfish. We, we really need to do that and look at people and notice you need to hear about Jesus. You really do. Because I know what it's done for me. And that means, you know, that we need to make an effort. Okay, sharing Jesus is not rocket science. But sometimes we do need to make the effort of asking questions. And maybe also read and, you know, get to know God better so that we can say more about him. 
you know what, one of the things I, I just like to ask, it's a very simple question, isn't it? So, do you believe there's something more out there? It's not a hard question, but it, it's quite open-ended, isn't it? You know, people can be like, oh yeah, I do actually, I actually think there's a higher power out there, but I'm not sure what it is. Like, oh really? That's cool. Have you ever considered, you know, the Christian God? You know, what, what do you think about that? And then blah, 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 they say, and then you respond and you keep asking questions. They might ask you a question and then you can share a little. Because different people are in different places, aren't they? You might have people who don't believe in God. Um, they say, I'm an atheist. And that's interesting. You know what, what an being a true faithful atheist is, anyway, we won't go into that. Or I'm agnostic. Or, you know, I'm a Christian, but I'm not sure if I'm going to heaven. People are in different places with what they believe. And it's good for us to sit down and listen and ask them. Because what we want is to show them Jesus. And that might not be in the first conversation that we can do that. You know, saying to someone, you are a sinner in need of grace and you need to fall before the Lord and ask for forgiveness. And they're like, what in the world are you talking about? Don't even believe in God. Well, okay, you might have skipped a few steps there and I'm not saying God can't use that, but you know, we need to be a bit wise, don't we? So it's, it's coming alongside people, seeing where they are and, and just trying, you know. And maybe also part of that is thinking, I'm comfortable here with my friends, with my church, and I like to go to church, I like to go to youth group, and I like to help and do other things, and I find myself in church a lot of the time of the week. And then I go to Christian unions, and I like to be with Christians there as well, and it's really, really nice. And then you find, oh, dear me, I don't know if I have many non-Christian friends, I don't know if I am meeting people who don't believe. Well, maybe there's a challenge there, isn't it, to go. Because Jesus does call us to go and, and to speak to people. And, and that's a personal thing to figure out, isn't it? Who are the people around this? And am I actively trying not to be with some people? Am I being choosy about who I'd like to tell about Jesus? Or am I, you know, looking at people and saying, oh, you're made in God's image. You're made to be in a relationship with God. And you're not. And you don't have life. You know? So it's good for us to think about that. And, you know, if you're a student here, you know, you might be going to university and you're going to go and be in halls. Think about who's going to be there with you. Who's going to stay with you? How can you be a light in that setting? How can you be yourself in Christ there and not hide away? Because I feel I did that, to be honest. In my first year of uni, I was scared. Everybody was living in a way that was so different to what God was saying. And I really look back and I'm like, oh, I missed a lot of opportunities there because I was scared. Or maybe you're thinking about like, you know, what you're, you're part of the Christian Union, what you're doing, and you're thinking, oh, I wonder if we can push this boat out of the water a bit. Like, I remember a guy, obviously, in Wales, um, I've not been here a lot, but by next year I'll be like, in Ireland. Um, but in Wales saying, 
you know, we're called to be fishers of men. But are you throwing your nets in the tree? And everyone's like, whoo, 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 Finney. But are we doing that? Are we like sharing the gospel with people who are already Christians? And we're like, hooray, yes, we believe together. Or are we throwing out in, in the water where the people are who are drowning, who don't know the Lord? So that's just stuff to consider, isn't it? Um, I have no idea what time we're on. So? Oh, oh, brilliant. Oh, phew. That's cool. So, why don't we have some time for questions? If you have any, and I will try to respond, because Chris said yesterday, we can't claim to have answers, only responses. Oh, this is awkward, because I'm just staring at you and you're staring at me. <laughs> That's okay. We don't have to ask a question. Um, but if you want to chat to me afterwards, I'd be really happy to. I really love talking about this, to be honest with you. Um, but I think it'd be nice now, you know, if we just take a few minutes and just think, where has God placed me? Missionaries are not just people who go overseas or go to the next town even. God has called us to be missionaries where we are and wherever he's placed you. So wherever you live or wherever you're going to go to university, God has placed you there to be a light for him. So maybe just take this opportunity to think, where am I? Who's around me? And am I, am I hiding the lights? Maybe you have people in your life that maybe you have already shared Jesus with, or maybe you really want to, but you're nervous because will that cost you your friendship? Take this opportunity now to pray. Pray on that. Bring it in front of the Lord. Bring your fears in front of him and say, oh dad, will you, will you give me courage? Will you help me? So not be ashamed of your gospel, because dear me, this is good news, and I know it's good news. Please help me remember that. Yeah, if you want to take some time, and then I'll, I'll pray to close. Oh, Dad, we come before you now, in Christ. Dad, we thank you that in Jesus we know you as our Heavenly Father. Lord, that we don't come before you in our own righteousness, in our own filth, but Lord, that we come in Jesus' righteousness, in his beauty, in his holiness. Lord, we thank you so, so much for your kindness towards us, for the way you made it possible that we would have reconciliation with you. Lord, we thank you for the way you are restoring us. Lord, we thank you for what we're looking forward to, the new creation, where every tear will be wiped away. We will be with you, Dad. 
Oh Lord, we know that Jesus is good news to share. That it's wonderful to share about him. When we, when we read and we see him and we see your character in him, Dad, it's so exciting. It's beautiful. Lord, we thank you that it's life-giving. Dad, we, we, we pray for us here now. In our weaknesses, Dad. In our selfishness. In our unwillingness. Lord, I pray that you would break our hearts for the lost, for people who don't know you. Lord, that we would count the cost and realize, yes, it's going to cost us, but that it's worth it, that it really is worth it. Please, will you, will you help us to step out, to be intentional, to be active, and thus to listen to the go and take it seriously. Dad, we pray for everyone here from different parts of the, this island. Lord, we thank you that it's lovely to see people from, from the different parts and think there is light on this piece of land. That you are Lord over it all. And Lord, that you are bringing people to yourself. Lord, I thank you for what I've seen in, in people responding to you and seeing their lives transformed as they come to know you. Father, we pray that we would see more of that, not for our own glory, Dad, but for your glory. Lord, we want to see people worship you with this. We want to see people bow, bow voluntarily, Dad. Please help us, Dad. Please open our eyes more to this great commission that you've called us to. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you for listening to this talk. If you would like to know more about New Horizon, please visit our website at newhorizon.org.uk.